Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I, you, I, was, you, I told you to do it. Too late now. You started it. Keep going. No, go ahead. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, 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 I just I hit the button, and I'm in a habit of hitting the button and just start talking. Right. You sorry. can't shut Hi, me up. Hello, folks. Welcome to the H2O podcast. <laughs> I am Timothy Harvey, and I'm Jason Hunt. Uh, fast on the draw. There, it's, it's all been right. a day. I, I know, I know, yeah. I know. It's the entire day. The entire day has been off kilter. For everybody in the house. It's National Pet Day. The dogs have especially had a hard time today because it is Mindy's first day back in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're cycling through and rotating. Everybody gets a day out of the week. And Mondays are going to be her days. And okay, sure. You know, she's up and she's out the door and, and now the dogs are looking at me like, where'd she go? What did you do to her? What, where did you put her? Where is she? Well, she's, she, she's not, she's not where she's supposed to be. She's not downstairs. She's not upstairs. She's, and they've got very confused looks on their faces because, you know, dogs memories being what they are and so it's it's just it's been one of those days and then i had a flat tire oh so i don't know and i can't find anything wrong with it so i don't know i don't know what's going on so anyway whereas i have had a reasonably good day um well that's good uh, and uh you know had my plans for the week, actually, I actually had have work plans, you know, the things that I want to get done this week. And I don't have any uh, uh, big ex- outside projects of somebody else's that I'm working on right now. Right, I'm sure right. something's going to come up throughout the course of the week. It's how it always works. But sure. and we had a nice staff meeting this. We had our monthly staff meeting today. And so it was a nice chance to see the people that I I work with because we're all we all work virtually. I mean, we're, we're spread out not only across Kansas City, but also Illinois and Kentucky um, and Kansas. And so we don't we don't get to spend time in each other's company very often. So have you, even having this like once a month where all of us together are on a Zoom call, mm. it's really nice to actually just sit and talk to, you know, and of course, to, to where we are as a company right now and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I also had the opportunity um, a few weeks ago, I shot a um, the Kansas City Fringe Festival is coming up this summer and I am filming a uh, it's a bunch of old school actors, folks who were doing this stuff back in the 60s and the 70s uh, all the way up to today. And, you know, they're at the they're at the tail end of their careers. And, and they're like, we want we want to leave something. We want to show show, you know, we want to have like a record of some of the stuff we've done. So they're putting on they're doing a show and, and I'm filming it. And the first day of filming, the space was just awkward and weird. And I got into the edit and I'm like, eh, and there's green screen work. And I was like, eh. <laughs> and so today we went and looked at a different location to, to, to reshoot it. And I'm really pleased with the new oh, location. It's you're, got- you're going to reshoot it? We're going to reshoot it. We're just oh. going to take it. Because, and, and quite frankly, you know, they're fine with that. And they got into the space. Um, 
And they were like, oh, yeah, this is so much better. We're going to do it here. And I'm like, okay, great. So so I'm looking forward to getting a chance because, you know, you when you do something and and all the pieces almost come together, but they right. just don't. Yeah. And it wasn't the, the great part was, is that I have I have a rough track sequence of some really great performances. These guys are really funny and and they've got great comic timing. And so it was kind of like we got almost a little dress rehearsal before we get another dress rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'm 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 excited about the fact to be able because I mean I I want to give these folks the best presentation they can give and that's yeah. why that's why I'm their editor right is right. that they really brought me in and so well um, and as Dave says here location 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 and and, yeah, no and the venue the venue really does make uh, a a lot of difference uh, in some of these productions because you know you well know. and the best part the the this, the really funny thing is is that the place we're in is essentially a rectangle with black curtains all around but in terms of setting up uh, you know there's room to set up a green screen it's got a lighting grid above you can actually hmm. light them separately you've got space you can put in between them and a green screen well that's I mean, good and it's got room for the actors to move around which is uh, to be uh, to be honest leaving aside the green screen stuff that bothered it was bothering me now two of the there's there's most most of it's one person monologue stuff but there's a couple of bits where it's more than one person on stage and in the original space we were in it was really tight and so they were kind of like i can only move so much <laughs> right yeah and so and so unfortunately what you got was instead of the physical performance it became channeled through the vocal performance so it was a little too much there mm -hmm. you know so so this is a really great thing really excited i'm really I'm really pleased to do it this way um, and it got back into the Just a Broadway Theater. We're doing it in their new, they've got a little, it's one of the new additions back when they remodeled the place. If you're in, oh, folks, okay. if you're familiar with the Kansas City area, there's a, a great theater down here in Midtown, Kansas City called the Just Off Broadway Theater. Um, and I've had a long and, and great experience working at various things and seeing a lot of shows there. So this is fun to be back in it. So. <clears throat> You know, there we go. There's a there's a major digression right out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it wouldn't be our show without at least one. Wrong. Right. Very so. true. Very true. So tonight, what we thought we'd do is talk about spinoffs. This this spins out of a particular conversation that we had oh uh, i guess i guess it came up did it come up last week the week before last it was last week and we were talking about uh spinoffs and sequels and that kind of thing and spinoffs are different from sequels let's mm -hmm. let's be clear about that the spinoff is you have this successful thing and we're going to build something out of the franchise we're going to create a franchise with it with some other thing that's in the same universe, but it's not necessarily the same thing. And I think you'd be surprised at some of the shows, television, I guess, I guess television shows mostly, but there's some, there's some film stuff. I mean, some you could something stuff. like, uh, the Hobbs and Shaw movie is a spinoff of the fast, the and, fast and, and furious movies. Right. Um, strictly speaking, the Chronicles of Riddick, is a spinoff from the film Pitch Black. Yeah. 
because it's you know the pitch black is essentially a franchise science fiction horror movie and chronicles of riddick is a character driven well character led i don't know character driven it's more spectacle than character driven but i mean so that that's strictly speaking a spinoff um and And, and yes if you go back in time to the tv show the early tv show you're talking you know well, happy days and spinoffs to things like Laverne and Shirley. Well, and, and, and it's funny that Robert mentions because Robert mentions Joni Love Shashi moving on up, which I'm assuming he, he means the Jeffersons mm-hmm. and Laverne and Shirley. And while uh, those are spinoffs that we're not necessarily probably going to talk about tonight because they weren't genre Right. There is, I guess we can start where with with a spin-off of Happy Days mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't know was a spin-off of Happy Days and it was a science fiction comedy called Mork and Mindy. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know that people realize that it was was a spinoff well and to some degree i think mork and mindy kind of overshadowed that period that the following period of happy days yeah i mean because prior to that i mean and and the thing is is that that happy days had a really long impressive run strictly speaking for television we tend to forget about shows you know we hear about shows getting canceled at like three or four years and you remember that most shows don't make it to three or four years especially these days yeah. Right. And the, and Happy Days had a good had a good run. And but if you look at it also brought us the jump the shark uh, <laughs> reference. Right. So, I mean, you know, but and that was just eventually the fact that um, what's the term? It's not you know, it's when the, it's when the, the focus of the show begins to shift over time from, you know, the Cunninghams over to Fonzie. Basically, was, well, I think you know, I think the whole the the jump the shark term uh, mainly and, and yes, it's from uh, it's from well, it came from the jump the shark yeah, sequence. Yeah, I mean, Fonzie was, actually jumps the shark. And right, but by that point, Fonzie had already become more the focus of the show than Richie Cunningham. Right. But, and, but the and, but the idea as it's as it's applied as a meme now is that point where the show has gone so far beyond credibility that it is now a parody of itself almost. Right. And, and yet strangely, this was a show that had Robin Williams show up as an alien in an earlier episode <laughs> and they didn't sit there and go, this is the point. Yeah, it was. Well, it was, it was season five and it was the 22nd episode of season five. It was called my favorite Orkin, which goes back to my favorite Martian, which right, was, right. which was Bill Bixby and, and, uh, um, Oh, <sighs> Who played the Martian? Who played Martin? Uh, um, Ray Ray Walston. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I, I I'm getting old. I'm telling you, it's the glasses. That's that's what it is. All right. So so this particular episode, Richie Cunningham has a dream, ish. He sees a flying saucer and he actually talks to the pilot of the flying saucer, an alien named Mork from the planet Ork. And the idea was that we're going to take you back to our planet as an example of humanity. And that's where 
Robin Williams first played this character, and this is way back before uh, before Robin Williams was a superstar. Mm-hmm. And Mork and Mindy actually is what was he, I mean, that was his breakout role. And, and people, I think, missed this episode of Happy Days that it was now suddenly we have a spinoff of this show featuring Mork coming back in the 1970s. Well, and, I think that I think that this, for a lot of these spinoffs, it, when you think about it, you get something like like Laverne and Shirley or or things like that, where they had appeared on the on Happy Days more than once. They weren't one and done. They weren't one off characters. Right. And so Mork, I think the reason a lot of folks kind of forget that there was that Mork and Mindy, Mork and Mindy came out of Happy Days is that it was one episode and then it was just I mean, so if you. And and remember, folks, once upon a time, if you didn't see that episode, you had to wait mm-hmm. until reruns. Mm-hmm. And if you missed the rerun, you might not see it at all. Yeah. It happened. And um, so, I mean, I think it's I think it's a uh, it wouldn't happen like that now. But I think for then it, it was a lot easier for that sort of stuff to slip by. And yes, Robert, it, it, it did continue on. I think that the, the the jump the shark moment is almost always a retrospective. Yeah, it's almost an always looking back at. Well, you know. Here, here is where <laughs> things went too far. Yeah, and they never recovered, even though they were on the air for three more years or four more. You know, I mean, right. that's—it's always retrospective stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, Petticoat Junction, Green Acres. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well. Um. And and to to Wolverine's question, it was considered a dream because nobody believed Richie had actually encountered an alien. So they chalked it up to being a dream. And I kind of, you know, I kind of like Robert's idea here that we need a spinoff that explains the older brother disappearing and maybe that was the alien abduction because we never saw him after the first, what, couple of episodes of the show? He just disappeared. Early installment weirdness is what that's called, folks. And that's the, here's the premise. Ignore I, the premise. I, had, other thing, I had forgotten about this. There was because I have I haven't seen the episode in I don't know how long forever. And there's a scene where Mork is watching television and he's watching the Andy Griffith show. I like that boy, Opie. <laughs> but it turns out uh, Robin Williams was not the first actor to play Mork. There was an actor uh, named Richard Dimitri, who was hired to play play Mork, and he was fired after the first day. And mm-hmm. Al Marlo, Al Molinaro, who played Al, who you know Al's Al's diner, he was sure. the one who suggested Robin Williams. So we have Al to thank for Robin Williams' career. There we go. Because Robin Williams was improvising most of everything on the set, and everybody else was running around talking about how brilliant he was. And the rest is history, as they say. So, uh, was the older brother named Chuck? I, you know, was it was it was it Charles Charles Cunningham? Uh, I think it might have been. I think maybe. I have not watched an episode of more of, of Happy Days or Mork and Mindy in yeah. um, coming up decades now. Yeah, it's although, it's been a long uh, while for me too. Although so. as a kid, I could not get enough of them. I loved both shows. 
I am old enough to remember watching those shows when they were on the boom tube <laughs> back in the television days, pre-streaming yeah. and everything. So yeah, no, they were all fun. Ah, um, ah, here's here's a here's a fun fact. This is in the trivia on IMDb. It's not it's not. I just know this because I know this. But you know, I come across as knowing this right. because we're professionals here. <clears throat> uh, when originally aired. Events of the story were revealed to be a dream of Richie's. When Mork and Mindy was first picked up as a regular series, a new ending was filmed for subsequent airings. So they changed the ending of the Happy Days episode with an alternate ending revealed that Mork had cast a spell to erase anyone's memory of him on Earth while fixing Richie's memory to believe everything had been a dream. Okay, so there's another there's another <laughs> show in here. It's called Unnecessary Retcons. <laughs> because quite frankly, honestly, that having it be a dream as far as Happy Days concerned, it makes more sense because Happy Days was within its boundaries a yeah. reality-based show, mm-hmm, right? Mhm. Mhm. And adding in aliens always you know it makes more sense as a dream for the happy days universe yeah but ah well what can you do i mean it's relitigating uh 1970s comedies is probably not uh uh particular <laughs> We're not, we well, can't change them <laughs> it's it's not it is an unusual it's an unusual thing to do especially back in the 70s oh, yeah. when they no did kidding. this kind of thing but Nowadays, oh, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't be that unusual to do that, and and especially if you did uh, any kind of retroactive launch of something else. I mean, look at Agents of Shield, for example, mm-hmm. which is essentially a spinoff of the Marvel movies, and it tells its own story and it tells its own thing. It does its own thing, but it also kind of retroactively throws some things in that you know, wasn't there to begin with and, you know, plays a little fast and loose with continuity in times, but, you know. It's a... Well, how many different timelines did that show end up playing in by the time it was done? <laughs> right. talking about the, we're talking, everyone's so excited about, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's like, guys, Agents of Shields was doing multiverses before, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and in the end, this is a show that we have talked about more than once on this show and when we had a show dealing with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show itself. And for everybody who gave up on that show, quite justifiably, I think yeah. a lot of people were fair to give up in the early in the first season. I really enjoyed that show and its later seasons when they were going Let's just do an alternate history. Let's <laughs> right? go over here for a while. Let's do some they time travel. Clearly having a good time. And yeah. and a lot of those episodes were a lot of fun. And I think some very clever nods to, to Marvel comics history and, and some other things. But a lot, I mean, so many of these Marvel shows, whether it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Netflix series, the current stuff right now that we're getting, these are all spinoffs of the film franchises. You know, Hawkeye is a spinoff of the Avengers movie. Yeah. Moon Knight is a spinoff of the greater continuity, I guess we'd say, because he doesn't specifically tie into any of the particular stuff, but he's part of the same. Would you consider it a, a spinoff? Because it's not, it's not directly descended from 
something else. Uh, usually, when I think of a spinoff, well, well, because uh, okay, te- so the technically is, is that... the next, it's uh, technically Next Generation is a spinoff of the original Star Trek, but oh, sure. it's not the same mm-hmm. same characters. Right. Well, I mean, it, it is. I mean, Next Generation is a spinoff. Deep Space Nine is a spinoff. Is a spinoff and a spinoff twice removed. Yeah. Um, then you've got Voyager, which is a spinoff and a spinoff twice removed. And you've got there was a show called Enterprise. I know people like to forget that, <laughs> but I mean, and strictly speaking, if you get into if you look at the movie series, you look at look at the two thousand and nine Star Trek series. That's a spinoff series. It's a spinoff of the original cast movies. It's also a reboot. Yeah, but they also have Leonard Nimoy playing Leonard Nimoy Spock. So right, it's a time it's a time loop reboot spinoff spinoff yeah. thing. Uh, Dave brings up a good point. Don't forget the Bionic Woman spun off from the Six Million That's Dollar true. Man, and that was also a retcon because she died in that episode of the Six Million Dollar Man. Right, and the the episode was so popular. The character was so popular. A different network picked it up. Now, this was also an interesting point because Six Million Dollar Man and and Bionic Woman were on different networks. Uh, Bionic Woman was on NBC, I believe, and Six Million Dollar Man was on ABC? I think it was on ABC. I think so. It was the first franchise, quote-unquote, to cross networks. That had never happened before, is that you had... You know, you had one show on one network and you had the spinoff show on a completely different network. It was unheard of. And Bionic Woman, Six Million Dollar Man was the first one. Dave says, yes, ABC. Bionic Woman was the first one that was the spinoff of a show that was on a completely different network. So I I can only imagine those conversations in the in with the suits and sitting there going, okay. Oh, they, We've got a really popular their show. lawyers there, and they're right? like, "Here's the contract." And like, <laughs> I'm a, I, I have always was deeply disappointed that I never got my Bigfoot spinoff from. Right. Explain other man. Yeah. Right. Uh, Robert's got an interesting question here. How can Bionic Woman not be a Netflix deal? Because or is it because of rights? I don't know. Um, are you talking about because because NBC Universal has the show? Uh, NBC Universal owns uh, NB, uh, owns NBC owns Universal Pictures and and Peacock and and I think I want to say the show is on Peacock but I'd have to look that up I don't know if Mrs. Boss is still around she's she could look that up um, but yeah Dave, Dave says both both shows were made by MCA Universal which was their television division so Universal owns both of them and. Universal didn't own NBC until when? Late 80s, early 90s when Something when like Universal that. bought and NBC and then Comcast bought all of it and Yeah, and, and back in those days the the production houses would cross over from network to network. Because again, remember folks, there were only three networks. Yeah. And PBS. So you you basically you could do that a lot without it wasn't. It wasn't uncomplicated, but it wasn't yeah. the most complicated thing. Yeah, and Dave, Dave agrees with you. Like the the Bigfoot spinoff. See, I, I know. I'm just, just it should have happened. Well, and and there are new comic still books. time. Yeah, there are new comic books. Uh, Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic sure. Woman both have new comic book runs that are that are going on. And see, and that's another thing as far as spinoffs go, because you could have you know, something like Blade Runner 
what was it, Blade Runner 20, uh, 2024 or something like that. The, there is a comic book series besides the anime Blade Runner Black Lotus. There's right. also a whole comic book series, and, and those are technically spinoffs of the first movie. Right, and we've seen we've seen a little more of this over over the last couple of decades, really, where you have the comic book continuing the story of the film franchise that didn't get to continue on. Yeah, or so a new season sort of, of the television series that got canceled right. or something. Yeah, right. I mean, so however you feel about Joss Whedon, there was a Buffy comic book sequel to the TV show, and so if you were a Buffy fan, you had more Buffy you could get, even Fi- in the, Fire- in the even in the era Firefly too. Firefly 2, yeah. Yep. Firefly, in fact, Firefly has, I think there's a current series running right now for Firefly. I think so. Is it, uh, is it IDW? Who's I think it's, I, I'm I think not, it's I'm IDW. Um, but IDW picked up the franchises, has picked up the franchises for a number of, of well, the, the licenses for a number of franchises, a lot of toy stuff, a lot of movie stuff. And so you can find that if, you're, if you didn't get the movie sequel you were hoping for, or the TV sequel, or the next season of whatever. Some of this stuff is continuing on, which is great for fans. If, if you know, if the stories continue to be good, and some of them really have been, there's been some really quality stuff. Yeah. Um. So, it's in. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I don't. I don't think they tried to extend the copyright. I think they actually tried to. So it's a, it's a, <laughs> when you when you have when you have a property that you want to do or you want to tread some new ground with. You run and, and and but you also want to appeal to the original fans. You can yeah. run into some real problems here because you don't want to exactly reproduce the thing, right? Because people have already seen that, and yet it can't be so different from the original thing that people don't recognize what they liked about the original thing in the first place. Yeah, and that's and not bi- the Bionic easiest Woman, thing in the world to do. Bionic Woman and Knight Rider both um, didn't do it right. In terms of, of re- and and I guess see this is this is the weird thing because Bionic Woman on NBC the reboot that David Icke did mm-hmm. is a reboot whereas mm-hmm. the NBC Knight Rider show, which technically you could say was a reboot, was actually a sequel. So it it it's a spinoff of the original. Uh, Night Rider. So, and Night Riders is Night Rider is one of those shows where I will maintain that it was it was not it was a product of its time, not because of the kind. And a lot of times, I've talked about product of its time television before, where it's like this stuff is episodic TV. Yeah. And once it once you move into sequential storytelling, in in some of these shows just couldn't do it. But Night Rider is a show that really was about car culture sports car mm-hmm. culture and that was a specific time in american history we're not in that time anymore i'm not saying you can't do a show about a cool talking car because why not but the thing is is that everybody's got a talking car part part of the reason it was a hit was because it hit it came out at a time when people were like Look at that car. Yeah, right. And now it's kind of like I have a car. It takes me to the store. I have a car. I can go to the movies. 
I have a car. I mean, it's, I, it's a, you know, I can take I the kids to the beach. It's, here's it's just the, a car. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Knight Rider, because one of the one of the things, because, you know, there are there are people who will get the black Trans Am and you go to Comic-Con and they've tricked out their their Trans Am. To, you know, they have the replica cars all over the place. Sure. Right. And nowadays, I think one of the challenges to making something like Knight Rider successful is the fact that we get so irritated at our GPS that talks to us and sends us to the wrong place. In three miles, turn left on 95th Street. You know, the fact is, is car one. <laughs> right? Right. I, I frequently, and we finally managed to find the off button on this, but... <laughs> Mindy's car, Mindy's, Mindy's got a Nissan Rogue, and somehow the driver's assistance mode was activated. So every now and again, the car would just, out of nowhere, warning, <laughs> and, and some, some something is coming up. You know, uh, you know, a, a turn or a highway or a thing. And I was like, would you shut up? <laughs> Stop talking to me. And I think that people would probably have a problem with anybody that got along with their car nowadays. Uh... But this is also, again, the reason why I truly believe the machine apocalypse was going to be a complete and utter bust because <laughs> GPS still is not a thing that works out. But yeah. I mean... I think I think you could do something. I, you, I, the fundamental concept just isn't as original now. I mean, it's it's so commonplace that it wouldn't necessarily. I don't see a way for it to work without really reimagining it. And I'm not saying that, and that might actually be in the hands of the right writer a kind of clever thing to do. Quite frankly, I don't know how you would do it because. Essentially, when it comes right down to it, it's a car that drives fast and talks. Maybe it's um... <sighs> I'm not. I'm not particularly interested in a car that drives fast and talks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's a good that's a good question. I don't know how you do it uh, unless it was some kind of military type of thing. That maybe, oh, here's your here's your spin. It's it's a weaponized vehicle that has an AI in it. That what was that DC Comics war series. It was a tank series. Uh, I don't know. It was it it crossed over with Sergeant Rock back in the day. Oh. oh. Uh, uh, let me, let me look. It was a world, I, it was a World War II based series. It's back, back when, when DC Comics had, had their, their military comics, their, their soldier yeah. comics, um, something else that we don't see much of anymore, but, um, the Human Tank? No, I don't think no. so. Haunted Tank? Uh, haunted Tank. Haunted, haunted tank. tank. Thank you. Right. So you do the Haunted Tank, except you do it as an AI. And I think <laughs> that because you'd have, because you couldn't, you'd have to do it as an AI, uh, and you'd have to take it out of out of World War II, but you could do um, a, a version of that, and that would actually be kind of fun because you could have you could have a situation where it's a limited AI 
but the tank becomes sentient. And I mean, you can, there's yeah. all kinds of fun things. And, and quite frankly, this is not an original idea either. I'm sure you can find a bunch of different science fiction novels where people have dealt with this right. stuff. So in many ways, I mean, the yeah, Robert's the... kind of got a point here. We're in the millennium of the non-original stuff. I mean, you've got so many stories out there. I mean, it reboots and reboots and remakes. And I mean, how many times are we going to make uh, uh, cheaper by the dozen? You know, and and it's and, until cheaper by the dozen stops resonating with audiences. And I think that that's some one of the. Did anybody the watch that, the one they just made? Um, I didn't, but I'll <laughs> tell you what I watched. Um, the original. I watched what there were. There was more than one Steve Martin one, right? I think there, there, was, were, there was. I think there were three. So I watched the first one, and yeah. and quite frankly, it's it's kind of like. Um, kind of like freaky friday right there's a remake of freaky friday like every 10 years or something yeah. it's it's for every generation there's a freaky friday and you know what i've seen two freaky friday movies the last one um the version the horror version that vince vaughn did um not too long ago um it was just called freaky um is anyway, that, that is that, that technically a remake of freaky friday it's essentially a. It's freaky. I mean, Friday. It's, it's a body. It's a body swap story. It, it's like, fr- yeah. It, yeah. It's 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 Freaky Friday with a serial killer twist. Yeah. And Wolverine and said frankly, there were two Steve Martin. Movies. Okay. Okay. Right. So I didn't see the second one, but yeah, I mean, and that one is is funny and it's silly and it plays on the fact that that Vince Vaughn is this big can be especially as he's gotten older he's become this big menacing looking guy if he wants to be yeah and 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 playing him playing a teenage girl and it is it it's funny and and not to mention but they don't they don't skimp on the horror for the horror fans which i think is you know the problem is the horror comedies can easily become more comedy than horror that's a nice balance so anyway uh, Dave says, uh, now is the time for a reboot of The Cat from Outer Space, uh, which provides me with a perfect opportunity here because I always look for opportunities here to uh, to present to you. Uh, where is it? I'll put it. I'll, I, I will put a link in the chat and I may even put one uh, put one in the show notes so people can see. Um the movie, which is not really a remake of The Cat from Outer Space. It is a film. It is a short film called uh, Species... There you go. Felis Dominaris. And this, this short film <clears throat> I produced in 2007. And it is, uh, it, it, it was a finalist in the exposure contest run by the Sci-Fi Channel, and it aired on the Sci-Fi Channel. It's one of my very short list of bragging rights. Uh, it aired on the Sci-Fi Channel at 3 a.m. in the morning when nobody could see it. Uh, I'm convinced that they were killing a, 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 a contractual obligation with this thing. Um, but the, essentially the contest was make a short film, you put it in, there was the people voted. This is, this is back in the early days of online voting, right? We look at mm-hmm. the number of views that a video gets and the likes and everything and whatever. 
And I was among nine finalists. And the winner was supposed to get a development deal with the channel to do some original programming. And I don't know that anybody... I mean, there was a winner, but I don't think that he ever did anything past the entry on the show. I think I think the exposure contest just that was it and it was done. It aired twice on the network uh, at really, really, really weird times. It wasn't promoted at all. And I thought, okay, they're just burning this off because some executive who's not there anymore set this thing up. And it's kind of like a John Carter situation, right? You've got somebody that green lights it and then they're gone and the 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 rest of the people that are there are like, well, what do we do with this thing? And uh, I think that's uh, I think that's what happened. But it aired on the Sci-Fi Channel, my mm-hmm. short my short film. I'm very proud of it. Right? And it's a fun little movie. It's a yeah, bit. No, yeah, I, I, I like your bit. film. And it doesn't involve I, I, cats. I did. Uh, I did want to, to point out. I you you forget sometimes that things are spinoffs of other shows, or sometimes you don't even realize there was a spinoff of a show mm-hmm. you talked about the great hiatus in doctor who yeah 1989 the show gets canceled and we wait till the show comes back in 2015 2005 2005 sorry 2005 um but there was also probe which was the spin-off series that mark gaddis started in 1980 in 1994 with the character of Liz Shaw from the third Doctor era being the lead character. Really? Yeah. And guess who else starred in that? Oh, an actor named John Pertwee. An actor named Peter Davidson. An actor named <laughs> Colin Baker. And an actor named Sylvester McCoy. So they couldn't actually call them the Doctor. And that's not the character they played on the show. Right. But it was Liz Shaw from Doctor Who. Mark Gaddis, of course, one of the guys uh, who has written for many of the new episodes of, of the Revive series. Um, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six movies and a bunch of different sub spinoff episodes. Um, and quite frankly, I've never seen an episode of this. It is. I've never even fine. heard of it. Well, and yeah, and. Uh, some of this stuff, I think, is available out there if you hunt it down. But um, Mark Gaddis was asked about it once, um, and he said uh, an interviewer said he'd never he'd never seen the series. And Gaddis replied, "No, and you never will. One, <laughs> they're not available. Two, and two, I forbid it. <laughs> Christ, for all I know, they were the only things I would ever get to make, <laughs> and I learned a frightening amount from working on them." Which, quite frankly, I, for those of us who have made uh, uh, short films and, and features, especially features early on in our short film career, you you learn an awful lot from your mistakes. Yeah. So, but I mean, this is a series that if I if the opportunity were to to present itself, I would I would track this stuff down because I'd be curious to see how it how it how it held up. Right. Well, and and you talk about spinoffs of. Uh... Of Doctor Who, of course, you've got the Sarah Jane Chronicles, both both versions of, of mm-hmm. Sarah Jane and Sarah Jane's Adventures. And you have um, Torchwood and you have Class. Mm-hmm. All of which um, get 
some sort of continuation in the audio side of things. Although I don't think, I think it's more characters from in some cases. Um, and, and Torchwood is carried on uh, uh, with a number of, of audio spinoffs, certainly as a series. Um, and there's talk about, about, I mean, reviving Torchwood in some, in some form or matter, but for a lot of people, there's still that bad taste in their mouth for the, uh, the stars co-production um, Miracle Day, which was, yeah. I mean, it, okay, look, I mean, you can't, they're a whole, it's hardly the only show where it's had a bad season, but ouch. You, I, I think you can still find my reviews floating around on our website where I, I had some, I had some yeah. less than kind things to say yeah. about the show. The Wolverine right. Canine even had his own show. He, well, and the, and the thing is we had the, 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 if you mean the animated series or there's the animated series and there was the there was live no, action series. Yeah. The live action. Uh, didn't they do that in Australia is where they produced they did that? It in Australia. And the only thing they could, they couldn't do use anything but canine. So they couldn't connect it any, in any way, shape or form to, to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So they did some sort of hand wavy dimensional sideways stuff at the very beginning. And they're like, okay, now we're just going to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, probe, uh, if, if those of you who are doing a search for it, uh, probe is spelled as an acronym P R O B E. So, so put periods in there. Uh, the first episode called the zero imperative Former unit scientist Liz Shaw investigates a series of bizarre murders near a soon-to-be-closed psychiatric hospital. Um, and I'm looking at the cast list here. Besides Pertwee and Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy uh, and uh, and Peter Davison, you've also got Louise Jameson on this thing, Sophie Aldred's in this. Um, let's see, David Terrence. Uh, let's see here. Of course, they're all playing different characters, uh, but I think that's an interesting conceit that all of all of the doctors are playing doctors, but, but, but not the doctor, not, right? Not yeah. the doctor. Yeah, that's that's kind of funny. Robert, I, I these are really I'm I don't recognize either of these shows. Well, okay, let's see. Uh, one show was about humans who woke up a spaceship the size of a moon that couldn't control it. Other show was about a lovable pirate types who existed on the underside of the same ship and their own adventures. I that was don't sound familiar to me at all. Brit there were British science fiction shows. Well, and and there are a lot of there are a lot of British science fiction shows that are geared towards younger audiences that I am not as familiar with as I could be. Um. But yeah, I'm afraid those don't ring any bells. But now I'm intrigued and I might have to see if I can find something because that sounds interesting. Uh, I'm just I'm just looking. I, I did a search for British science fiction pirates and, I, and I'm not finding uh, I'm not finding. Uh, here's Blake. Well, I don't, Blake I don't know if that Seven. show is a science fiction pirates or it's. Um, this just might be a, a British a pirate show. Competitors to Space 1999. I'm liking them now. There's there's a show oh. that is actually ripe for a remake. Now we've gotten some. They've been sequel. talking about it. I have been talking about it forever. But the big, we've gotten some sequels in forms of. I think it's the audiobook series. Um, I think is it Big Finish is doing those too. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think Space so. 1999 has gotten some continuations there. I haven't listened to any of them, and I'm, I'm actually, that's one of the things I want to try to fix because I quite, part of me will always be charmed by Space 1999, even though <laughs> the, the, the science nerd in me goes, that's not how this would work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, all right. This if you want, if you want to vamp for a minute, I've got. I'm. I'm. I'm looking at a. Oh, I'm looking sure, at sure, a sure. list here. And... Um. I, and I think that. I think that you. If you go and you look at uh, um, some of the stuff that we've gotten spinoffs from, and I think that you can. You can look at something like um, uh, the Bates Motel horror series, the TV show, is a spin-off of the psycho films. I mean, it's a, it's also a reboot, but it's, and I think that you get a lot of TV spinoffs, of course, come a lot of times from other TV shows, but you get spinoffs from TV to movies all the time. MASH, of course, being a great example of a film that inspired a TV show that essentially became a spinoff. Would you consider MASH a spinoff of the movie, though? Because it's essentially a, a television remake of the movie. I mean, well, it, does, it doesn't tell the same story, but it's the same characters. Well, so MASH is an interesting case, of course, because the movie is a very loose adaptation of the book. Right. And the TV show is a very loose adaptation of the movie, which is a loose adaptation of the book. But so it's by the technically time you, not you, a spinoff, though. Um, See, it, well, yeah, it, because okay, after, okay, fair enough, fair after enough. MASH is a spinoff. Trapper, oh, jo yeah. Trapper John M.D. is a spinoff, although people don't recognize that it's a spinoff. I mean, it is, it, it is. but it's all, it almost becomes, oddly enough, even though it's in the name of the show, mm -hmm. it's essentially a stealth spinoff. Yeah. Um, which... And I think that the, the, to its credit, it stood on its own instead of being a MASH spinoff. People stopped thinking about that. Um, whereas after MASH. People stopped thinking about after MASH. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> but I mean, you get, okay, so you get into, you get into movie spinoffs. If you look at something like, like Wolverine or Logan, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Logan is a spinoff. All the films yeah. with Logan on his own are spinoffs of the main X-Men series. Deadpool. So Deadpool is an interesting case because Deadpool is a spinoff of what we should have got in the first Wolverine spinoff movie where a character with the name of Deadpool played by Ryan Reynolds is in the movie but it is not, in fact, Deadpool. And so we got a Deadpool. It's complicated. Yeah. But, I mean, strictly speaking, it is a, it's a spinoff of the X-Men movies. And um, for all the hits and misses of Fox's X-Men films, um, I think overall, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the entire run of those X-Men films, I think on balance, it probably turned out overall but more good than bad because you've got films like the first couple x-men films you've got you know um the wolverine which is not a great wolverine movie but it's not bad you got logan you got the deadpool movies um you never got we never got our our uh, magneto prequel 
which I always thought would have been an interesting right. historical drama to some degree, uh, which could have been interesting. But um, and of course the Spider-Man stuff. I mean, uh, in Into the Spider-Verse, um, you know, a, a hugely popular film, one of my favorite superhero films of the last couple decades, um, is a spinoff of the Sony Spider-Man movies. And, you know, Miles Morales is a spinoff character um, from the Ultimate line mm-hmm. brought back into the main MCU. Right. And so, I mean, the fact that they, we, they, the success of that film, you know, opens up, well, <laughs> it opened up the multiverse for Marvel. So, I mean, we're getting, we're getting the Doctor Strange movie with the multiverse. So, yeah. um, and the Loki series, really. And, but you look at things like, like Loki and Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch and and now moon knight i mean i i'd still maintain that moon knight is a spin-off in the sense that we've got this marvel universe we're playing in and every new character they bring in is spinning off of that original thing because daredevil and and um uh, uh, daredevil and defenders and and you know any of those shows don't actually connect to the larger marvel universe but they're spin-offs of you know they're set in the same world as yeah the the MCU even if the MCU has just barely begun to acknowledge them you know when we've got you know Matt Murdock showing up in the latest spoiler alert uh, for the latest Spider-Man film. I'm I'm still waiting for Jessica Jones to cross over into the real world because of all of those series. Daredevil and Jessica Jones are my two favorites. So um, I want to see her brought back. I think at some point, all of them will make an appearance somewhere because you could... For example, I I I could see Danny Rand and Colleen Wing, for example, showing up in a Shang Chi movie somewhere. Uh, you know, I I want I would love to have Colleen Wing back, but quite frankly, um, considering the lack of popularity, and I mean, I think half half of that was uh they uh, half of that to me was the wrong stunt coordinator for him for the danny rand stuff well it was less i I think it was less than the stunt coordinator it was the fact that they had no time well there's that yeah i mean they they gave the they gave the stunt coordinator basically a day with these actors and said go off and do things and that's not how it works yeah and and, but i mean even so i think that uh, quite frankly some of the stuff Mm-hmm. all right i know there's fans of all of this stuff i'd say some of this stuff can be left behind but we all have the things that we like and we don't want them left behind so in fairness i'm yeah. and but it's a multiverse now so like and everybody can cross over and say hi yeah well and well, and yes daredevil and daredevil and kingpin are rumored for echo and and they're kind of they're kind of confirmed ish, uh, although not well, officially. There's there's more there. It's more of a somebody said something and there's paperwork somewhere. And and it's apparently that they're going to be on on the show. But and that would make sense because that's the world that Echo operates in. So yeah. why not have yeah. I mean, and quite frankly, not having Daredevil in an Echo show make an appearance 
it's it, it would be a missed opportunity not having kingpin then there yeah um especially considering that we you know if you're willing to bring vincent vincent and Afrio back for hawkeye um have him show up for echo yeah he definitely needs more to do he is he is a very good kingpin and I loved, I mean, I, I, Hawk, Hawkeye was okay. I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't excited about it, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, no. it, it was never it, like must, I can't feels, wait for the next episode. It feels like a fill in the gap it series. Does. But it was, I, it was entertaining and I smiled and I loved the way they shot the Kingpin because they shot him from below. Yeah. Yeah. They made Every time he was there, he was always shot from below and Vincent D'Onofrio is not a short person. Right. He's a fairly tall guy anyway, but they really emphasized his bulk. And part of that came out of, if you if you look at Into the Spider-Verse, how the character is animated, he's always animated leaning forward and he's, and right. he's looming. Yeah. And I, they, I think they did a really good job of kind of making that same kind of effect in real life. With the yeah. way that they, with the camera angle, I thought it was really effective. Yeah, Wolverine says Daredevil is also rumored for She-Hulk. I have heard that. Uh, we don't have any con- confirmation. But I even said back when I was calling for a She-Hulk series years ago that you need Matt Murdock and Jennifer Walters in the courtroom at the same time. Oh. Whether they're whether they're working together or one of them is observing the other one or, or whatnot. I don't know. Even if they just cross was they're walking yeah. through the doors and they say yeah. hi to each other, that would please a lot of fans. Yep. Matt, Jennifer. All right. Yep. Uh, what about says looking forward to seeing echo to- hip toss kingpin. Like he's a lightweight. Well, she's already shot him. <laughs> we think. Maybe. See, I'm, my, my big hope. It. Is, my big hope is that because echo right now, um, has a different power set. If you, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it. If you haven't read the comics, um, and quite frankly, that's fine. You, they're doing a whole story there, and it actually ties into Thor, and it's a, it's a whole different thing. But this particular incarnation of Echo that we just got introduced to in the TV shows, yeah, um, this is, this is a much more grounded character in terms of that. And there's some really cool stories that could be told here in this space. And so I hope they get to let her play in that space down the line. If, if we don't, if the superhero bubble don't burst, <laughs> it should have already, me, but it should have already, but yeah. until if it doesn't, and you get down to phase six or seven or whatever, and you want to make echo, you want to take echo to where she is in the comics right now. Yeah. That's fine. But give her, give her the time to be that, that street level hero. Yeah. She's got a while. It. I think she's got to, she's got to uh, live into it. Right. And I think since we just met her uh, and and the potential of the character is actually, you know, um, potential of the character is actually pretty strong. So, I mean, I think it's, if they if they give her the right material, obviously, yeah. um, I you know what? I'm telling you, Kristen Ritter back as Jessica Jones would make me very happy. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I because love that show. We were we we've been watching uh, Mrs. Boss and I have been watching the X-Men animated series. Mm-hmm. And we got to the episode where where they introduce Kilgrave in that universe in that in that particular universe. And I, and I looked over and I said, "This is the character that David Tennant played in Jessica Jones." She's like, "Oh, okay." So it's automatically there's you know there's that. Um, but it's interesting to see the various different incarnations of these characters over time because oh, 
what we what we got in the animated X Men is not what we what we got in the live action X Men, and I'm thinking if this if if we'd gotten this rogue in live action, I think those movies would have done a lot better. Well, it's it's interesting when you consider, and this maybe is a whole different show is is why adaptations certain adaptations were done the way they were. Yeah. Um, because there was this idea and you, and you get this, you get this periodically, we, not too long ago, strictly speaking, we must ground it in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gritty. Or make it, make it. And, and to some degree, there's an argument for that. Right. And, and I think that's fine. I think, but... well, I think sometimes, <sighs> I think sometimes it's done and it's not necessary to be done, but people use the excuse that the audience is more sophisticated now, so the expectations are different. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm I'm perfectly fine with bright, shiny spandex superheroes every now and again. I don't have to have everything grounded all the time. Give me something fun. Well, and, and I think that as, as much as it pains me to, to take it back to, to the 90s and, and Alan Moore's Watchmen. Yeah, that, that did a lot. That and, 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 and Dark Knight Returns. I mean, you, you, it always go back, it goes back to Alan, Alan Moore and, and, and Frank Miller. Well, I think to some degree, I think, and, and maybe this is, again, another topic for a show, <laughs> is the idea that serious takes and 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 if you're listening to the show i am air quoting the hell out of this (laughs) all right serious takes on comic book characters um look folks most writers of comic books whether it's it's the the marvel and dc or, or any of the indie folks even if it's a comedy series it's a serious take they're serious they're doing work here they're they're writing and doing art and and lettering and colorists and all this stuff they're serious about this right it's not a joke it's not a lark even if it's a comedy series right so the idea that serious takes on comic these folks are taking it seriously and stories come in different flavors romance war superheroes mystery whatever it is right but this thing that happened in in the 90s where you've got this incredibly earth-shattering you know um uh impact of of watchmen telling a type of story that superhero comics really had not done before. And then Dark Knight does something, it jumps into the future and it gives us a Batman, which we can recognize as Batman in a world that we can recognize as a, as a, as a darker Gotham city. And it played out to an interesting and satisfying conclusion Two very popular series. And you remember once again, that whether it's movies or comics or publishing or television or anything, these are all money driven industries. Folks. It used to be at least. Catch, <laughs> well, you, now you, I mean, the, but that, that's, that's how anything happens in terms of big, the clone saga, Spider-Man clone saga went yes. on for as long as it did. Cause it sold comics. Right. That's, I mean, it wasn't good, but people kept buying it. So they kept making it. So, so because of the success of that, because the critical acclaim, people were talking about Watchmen being, you know, this is 
literary critics were noticing comic books, right? In a way that they hadn't yeah. before. It was big. So this, these folks, these DCs and these Marvels sat there and went, well, this is what yeah. people want. And then you had the killing joke on top of all of that. And, and the system, and, and after that, everything was broken. The problem is, is that there's a tendency in, there's a tendency in entertainment to chase the big thing. And the downside of that is something like DC trying to create its own multi, its own DCU in following the MCU, right? Yeah. Which is why we got that whole mess. Instead of going, okay, let's do our own thing. They, that, and that's the same thing happened in comics. I think that to some degree we're out of that, but it's still around. Well, <laughs> it's still around. and you it's, know, it's still around. I think you will always have a little bit of that. Oh, sure. I mean, it, the Universal Pictures tried to have their own shared universe. I mean, come on, you guys. And I don't I don't inherently think this is a bad idea. But the thing is, is that some of this stuff is chasing the. It's chasing what the other guys are doing and trying to get trying to get some of that sweet, sweet cash that the other guy has. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> the artist in me says, don't do that. The starving <laughs> artist in me says, can I have some? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, well, and some of these, some, and some spinoffs actually start out that way because, you know, we're going to oh, capitalize, sure. we're going to capitalize on the popularity of something. I mean, you look at Caprica as a spinoff of Battlestar Galactica and it didn't do so hot. And you've got the lone <laughs> gunman that was a spinoff of the X-Files and didn't do all that. Millennium, wow. which was essentially a spinoff of the X Files, yep. it was set in the same universe, and we got our we got our resolutions, the Millennium story in X Files. So they say. Mm -hmm. I, I saw the episode. It's not how Frank Black should have ended. Sorry, yeah. guys. But I think that yeah. I mean, you look at you can look at some of these interesting ideas. I mean, Caprica. The idea behind Caprica wasn't necessarily a bad one but i think it also was a question of did fans really care and i think that's you you had we come into we've talked about prequels with unnecessary prequels before yeah we don't need to know the origin story to some things and i think that there's nothing wrong with the idea of caprica it's the fact that we knew everything we needed to know yeah, well, and I think I think Caprica came at a time where it didn't resonate with an audience. I think if you had come out with Caprica now, as we're getting metaverse or whatnot, whatever it is that Zuckerberg's trying to do, I think Caprica would probably take on a completely different dimension at that point because the audience would then see just how dangerous and stupid this whole idea of a virtual world is, and well, we Cap can sit down and say, thank you, Zach, but no thank you. Caprica following Black Mirror, where I think yeah. would have just, would have been, would be, I think it would have primed audiences better. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying the show would have been great. I'm just saying that where it would have fallen and where the audience right. was wanting something 
Yeah. Christopher's asking about our opinion of Peacemaker as a Suicide Squad spinoff. I haven't seen either one, so I don't have an opinion either way. Okay. So as somebody who really, really enjoyed the Suicide Squad, um, I found it to be very fun, very irreverent. It's very much what you would expect from, you know, this particular group of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and John Cena's Peacemaker in this film is a ludicrous character and yet he's very very fun to watch he's just he's he, seen as seen as got presence guys i mean you don't he's not someone who i i'll be honest i most of the film and tv stuff i'd seen him in before it's kind of like yeah whatever this is actually the first film i've actually really enjoyed john cena in, and he's clearly having a great time and part of the things that i actually like even in films that aren't great if the actors are having a good time and you can tell, I'm more likely to enjoy the, the film or TV show. Yeah. And I, while I enjoyed Suicide Squad on its own, I thought I was very entertained. Um, I have only seen a couple episodes of Peacemaker, and I find it to be an interesting way to look at comic book characters. And it's not at all surprising it's a James Gunn produce show i mean it's just if you're a fan of james gunn you're going to enjoy your no you're likely to enjoy you know um the suicide squad and, and peacemaker because you're it's that it's his sense of humor right and it's the stuff and if you if you enjoyed guardians of the galaxy if you yeah. enjoyed his his horror movies um you know you you know that he's got this certain kind of of humor that really if you're a genre fan it tends to resonate because he references a lot of things and he's got you know he he casts actors who have great comic timing and so there's this you know then there's a certain amount of irreverence to his kind of movies and if you like that and then you know peacemaker's a lot of fun but it's also if you're not a fan of more lowbrow humor it might not be for you mm-hmm. because it's got more of that but it's also got in, in, uh, from what i hear because again only watched a couple episodes so far um it's got some deeper ideas that play out in the course of it oh. so i mean it's i'm i really i think it's i think for all the fact that the dc eu got off on such a rocky start their course correction at this point doesn't look too bad. Not great, but not too bad. Yeah. I'm enjoying it more than I'm not, I guess, at this point. And and I'm looking forward to um I'm looking forward to um Black Adam. I'm really looking forward to Black Adam. Yeah, that looks like it's gonna be fun. Uh well, Wolverine it, it, Wolverine said Suicide Squad and Peacemaker too much parody. Well, and I th- there's a lot of there's a lot of the of the borderline parody in those shows, and I think yeah. that that's that's where it comes down to, is that because look, comedy comedy, comedy is, is subjective. Yeah. Well, it's subjective. We don't we all don't laugh at the same things. It's just like horror. We're not all scared of the same things, and and some of this stuff appeals, and some of it doesn't, and it just depends on your own personal taste. I mean. Yeah. 
I know as, as somebody who just really, really loved the Harley Quinn animated series, because I just thought it it's clearly made by comic book fans. Um, it's also the sense that also that that sense of of humor is just not for everybody. Right. It's just not. And that's and that's perfectly fine. If it's if it's for you, great. And yeah, if it's see, not I, for you, I look at it's not for you. I look at the promos for that show and I think I don't have any interest in watching the show. Well, and that's and that just that becomes it because it's it's very clearly a certain kind of humor that if that doesn't appeal to you, yeah. it doesn't appeal to you. And that's okay. The the good news is is at this point, whether it's Marvel or DC um or or films that aren't you know, genre films that aren't have anything to do with comic books or TV shows that are mm-hmm. spin-offs of these things or not spin-offs of these things, there's a ton of content for you right now. Well, and you mentioned and you Black have, Adam. I'm I'm really looking forward to Pierce Brosnan's Doctor Fate. I want. I, I got to tell you, I'm a huge Justice Society fan, yeah. and I'm actually the fact that we're getting and and we've seen the Justice Society on sure. on film and TV before. Yeah. Um, but I'm this looks these guys look great. And yeah, Pierce Brosnan's Doctor Fate looks fantastic. <laughs> and considering considering the different ways you can play uh kent and naboo yeah. the the two entities inside the body and helmet um i'm curious just how creepy pierce brost is gonna be in this <laughs> right? film he doesn't he doesn't look like it in the trailer so i mean yeah. you might we're getting the more the more uh heroic version but there's a darker side to um, that character too that I'm, I'm curious to see if they're gonna play with it at all but speaking of creepy that leads me into next week's topic we are going to be looking at the legacy of hp lovecraft the influence that he's had on the supernatural and a horror genre robert block stephen king so many different people who uh at one point acknowledged lovecraft's impact on them so we'll uh, we'll be talking about that and then the week after 300 we are going to be talking about <laughs> we're going to be talking about the movie on our 300th show and so here's the question: Is do we do we base, is it is it a reaction video? Uh, you mean like re- react as we watch it? We've you, never done one, have we? No, we haven't. Um, uh, Christopher says, "Can I talk about Call Girl of Cthulhu next week?" <laughs> yes, we, we we can do by that. all means. Um, well, okay. Ser- seriously, Christopher, I, I think one of the things that that uh, is part of that conversation is the fact that there's humor to be found in, in all the fact that, that, you know, the great, the horror legacy, there's a lot, there's comedy that has come out of this too. So let me, let me yeah, look at something here real quick because that, that makes me think um, of a possibility. I, I, I don't think that we'll be able to do this, but let me look real quick here. <clears throat> go here go here. Um, let me see. Da, 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 da. Start a watch board. Let's see if. Where did it go? She's in the way. Yes. Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay. Start a watch board. Let's do a search. Oh, I have to log in. Um, let's see if I can. See if I can remember. 
anyway, let me let me look it up because if 300 is available, I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be. But if but. 300 is available, we could do a watch party over on Twitch and do a reaction that way. Um, because Mrs. Boss has not seen 300 either. So uh, so that'll be something. Well, I'll, I'll research that and I'll look into it and, and we'll see where we go from there. But yeah, that'll be our 300th episode. We'll be talking about 300. Uh, Live from the Bunker is getting close to 400 episodes, which will be... Uh, next week so uh, yeah it's going to be milestones for a couple of weeks here at uh, at the channel so hopefully you stick around for for all of those things and uh, you never know what what we'll come up with next uh, in the right. meantime you can uh, you can connect with us on various different social media channels all the different video channels are there odyssey rumble youtube twitch uh, we've got a newsletter you can sign up for, and we have the PayPal dip jar and the subscribe star account. If you want to support us financially, we're always open to that, but certainly don't expect that from anyone. And yes, what about says almost at 300 and 400. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's, it's, it is an accomplishment that I didn't know that we'd ever get to. Um, not because I was feeling pessimistic or anything, but it's just, I'd never thought about it. You know, it was right. like, oh, let's, you know, let's just do this show. But now here we are. We're coming up on all these, all these uh, markers. I'm telling you, two more years to overnight success. Hey, we've crossed the numbers. And we've crossed into syndication numbers, Jason. We're... I know, right? Oh, we're well past syndication numbers. <laughs> What seventy nine episodes? Yeah, I I think that's right. Well, and and there's still I I still would would think that at some point we could we could put together a Hulu channel. <laughs> I don't know. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight, folks. Thanks very much for being here. All of you sharing your thoughts Thanks, in the live chat. If you are here, uh, if you're here in replay, blah, let me get let me get my tongue working here. Uh, if you are here in replay, you can leave a comment. You can always leave feedback. H2O at sci-fi for me.com is the email address. You can suggest topics and uh, leave your feedback on any of our shows. We do invite you to check out any of the rest of the episodes here. And uh, leave a thumbs up on your way out. We will do this again next week. Thanks very much for watching, everyone. Bye, guys. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2022, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 